0: Welcome back everybody, this is Rick Pettigrew to introduce some amazing news stories that appeared on Archaeologica this past week. Send us feedback on the Archaeology Channel Facebook page or post a message on our social networking site Archaeoseq. Excavators at the 4,000 year old Chinese city of Bikun announced new results including a city design with a pattern followed by subsequent cities including by Beijing. A survey of 24 ancient cities in Mesoamerica concludes that the longest-lasting cities were those with forms of collective governance. A DNA analysis of an ancient skeleton in Spain suggests that the Iberian Peninsula served as a human refugium during the last ice age. And a genetic study in Ecuador indicates that tuberculosis was there at least 3,000 years ago, long before contact with Europeans. Thanks to everyone for supporting our subscription platform, Heritage Broadcasting Service, available at heritagetac.org. We now have hundreds of titles you can binge upon on Roku. Please help us spread the word. Again, that link is heritagetac.org. Our tour program, TAC Tours, will continue this year, including a tour of Viking sites in Denmark. The link to our tour program is at archaeologychannel.org slash tours. And now, here's Laura Kennedy with the audio news from Archaeologica. We hope you find this to be a valuable part of your day.
1: Welcome to the audio news from Archaeologica. I'm Laura Kennedy, and these are the headlines in Archaeological and Historical News for the week of February 26th through March 4th, 2023. We begin this week in China's Shanxi Province, where newly announced research has revealed new insights into the complexity of the 4,000-year-old site of Bikun. As reported by the Kansas City Star, the site is surrounded by defensive features such as ditches, walls, and gates. Despite the protections, or perhaps because of them, Bikun was a key part of ancient China's trade. The city lay in a prime location along the Upper Yellow River, about 400 miles west of Beijing in Shanxi province. This is about 200 miles northeast of China's ancient capital, Xi'an, which was a starting point for the Silk Road. Xi'an is home to the Mausoleum of the First Qin Emperor, an archaeological site containing thousands of clay soldiers called the Terracotta Army. Trade through Shanxi province connected China to Mongolia. Chinese archaeologists have been investigating the ruins of Bikun for years, and in February, the Shanxi Provincial Institute of Archaeology shared its final report from the site, according to the Institute of Archaeology at the Chinese Academy of Social Sciences. The city is the largest and best-preserved example of its period, and is especially significant for the defensive works, which helped the researchers understand how these developed during the Longshan era, from about 2600 to 2000 BC. Entry into the heavily-walled city was possibly only through two gates, one on the north and the other on the south. Then the traveler had to negotiate a series of turns around walls that further restricted the possibility of direct invasion. Bikun was laid out using what is called a central axis plan, a feature of ancient Chinese city planning in use for many centuries, including the old city of Beijing. The city had a main axis, which linked important public buildings built along it. Halls, palaces, temples, and gardens were placed according to this symmetrical pattern, which defines the center of the city and follows the ancient Chinese ideals of a perfect and ordered city. Researchers believe the city location was chosen for its connection to trade routes, but was fortified from its start. The city's economy was also heavily agricultural, centering on millet growing, along with raising pigs, sheep, and cattle. The prominence of jade artifacts suggests this and other stones may have held ideological importance. Artifacts from the site will be displayed at the Shanxi Yellow River Culture Museum starting in September. Our second story takes us to Mesoamerica, where a detailed new analysis of 24 cities shows that the forms of governance and development of infrastructure were the key factors in helping some survive longer than others. As reported by Eureka Alert, the 24 cities are all in the western half of Mesoamerica and founded between 1000 and 300 BC. According to study lead author Gary Feynman of the MacArthur Curator of Anthropology at the Field Museum in Chicago, remnants of the city's buildings, layouts, plazas, and monuments contain clues as to their systems of governance and social stratification. Investigation of a city's long-term survival often focuses only on causes of collapse, including war and environmental hardships such as drought, floods, or earthquakes. Feynman's team took a different approach, looking for features that characterize the cities that survived the longest by overcoming these challenges. The study used signs and symbols of rulership, including architecture, to identify whether a city's power structure was more autocratic or more collective. Heavily personalized art, symbology, and architecture that celebrate individual, larger-than-life rulers suggest a more autocratic society— while the depiction of leaders in groups or wearing masks is more indicative of structures of distributed power. The results show that those cities with more collective forms of governance tended to remain in power longer than the autocratically ones, although significant variance existed within these categories. A second feature of resilient city-states was their infrastructure development, Early efforts to construct dense, interconnected residential spaces and the construction of large, central open plazas were two of the factors that correlated with greater sustainability and importance of these cities. The cities that lasted the longest had a combination of infrastructural investments and collective governance. According to Linda Nicholas, an adjunct curator at the Field Museum and co-author of the study, It's significant for the current day, as well as prehistory, to see that factors in social resilience include governance and infrastructure built for livability. The ancient evidence shows that sustainability requires good response to crises and disasters, which is affected by the type of political organization. The study was published this month in the journal Frontiers in Ecology and Evolution. Our third story comes to us from Spain, where a newly analyzed genome offers new insights into the genetic history of prehistoric populations living in Europe. As reported by phys.org, the 23,000-year-old DNA analyzed in the study is the oldest yet recovered in Iberia and was found near Grenada in Andalusia. The genetic ancestry of individuals from Central and Southern Europe who lived before the last glacial maximum from 24,000 to 18,000 years ago differs from those found in the people who repopulated Europe afterwards. However, the situation in Western Europe has not been clear due to a lack of genomic data from critical time periods. This new genome finally adds data from the time when large swaths of Europe were covered by ice sheets. The individual from Andalusia not only links to earlier European populations, but also to the hunter-gatherers of southern and western Europe who lived long after the last ice age. This confirms the role played by the Iberian Peninsula as a refugium during the last ice age. Humans again migrated northwards and eastwards once the ice sheets had retreated. Among the findings was a link between the new genome from Spain and a previously analyzed 35,000-year-old one from Belgium. Interestingly, the authors did not find any genetic link between the Southern Iberian Peninsula and North Africa, despite their close proximity. Why the Strait of Gibraltar seems to have functioned as a major barrier to human migration during this period of prehistory is unclear. The study also examined a number of younger individuals from the Neolithic, a time period when the first farmers arrived in Europe from the Near East. The characteristic genetic ancestry of Anatolian Neolithic groups is indeed detectable in the individuals from Andalusia, suggesting that these early farmers spread over large distances. The research is published in the journal Nature. Our last story features more groundbreaking genomic research, this time centered in the Andes. As reported by Forbes, the new research indicates that prehistoric indigenous people in the Andes had adaptations to tuberculosis long before any contact with Europeans. It has long been debated whether tuberculosis was brought to the Americas by European explorers and settlers or was present in the Americas before the invasion. The new insight comes from a study led by Sophie Joseph of Emory University, but was not initially focused on disease. Joseph's team originally set out to better understand how living indigenous Ecuadorians were adapted to living at high altitudes. Instead, the team was surprised when they uncovered evidence of natural selection on portions of the genome linked to the immune response of tuberculosis. The Ecuadorian study used analysis of 15 individuals living in several Ecuadorian provinces above 8,200 feet in the Andes Mountains. According to co-author John Lindo of Emory University, the genomes analyzed showed even stronger signals of selection for immune responses to tuberculosis than selection for adaptation to high altitude. Based on the genetic differences between the people whose DNA was analyzed, the researchers found that selection for genes involved in tuberculosis response began to increase about 3,000 years ago. According to Joseph, this coincides with the proliferation of agriculture in the region. The development of agriculture can lead to more densely populated societies that are more susceptible to pathogens like tuberculosis. Tuberculosis originated in East Africa about 3 million years ago. Scientists once thought that tuberculosis was transmitted from cattle to humans when agriculture was being developed during the Neolithic. However, newer studies provide growing evidence it was actually present in early human populations of Africa at least 70,000 years ago. The study is published in the open-access journal iScience. That wraps up the news for this week. For more stories and daily news updates, visit Archaeologica on the World Wide Web at archaeologica.org, where all the news is history. Also, be sure to check out our new subscription platform, Heritage Broadcasting Service, at heritagetac.org. I'm Laura Kennedy, and I'll see you next week.
0: This has been the Audio News from Archaeologica, presented by the Archaeology Channel. Be sure to check back with us next week for our next edition. You can spread the word about the Audio News by clicking on the Share This link on our Audio News webpage, or just by telling your friends. Thanks very much for stopping by.